One, two, three. Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Wrestle Down. Oh. oh. We talk about the best of what's happened in wrestling this week. My name is Jer Palapal. That makes me Dennis Bruno. How you doing, everybody, Wrestle fans? How are you doing, Dennis? I'm doing good. I just took a nap. It's fucking 7 o'clock on a Saturday, and uh, everything's upside down in terms of schedules in general with wrestling and with life. So I'm enjoying the most of that by getting some sleep. How are you? Hell yeah. I got some sleep last night. That was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a start. I tried to take a nap this afternoon because I was sleepy, but I couldn't. Yep. I wound up finishing a book I was reading. Uh, if you need a pulpy mystery uh book that doesn't have anything to do with wrestling uh, i recommend bluebird bluebird by attica lock uh, <laughs> nice. um it's about a couple murders in texas hell yeah, yeah. Uh, texas is where wrestling happens sometimes but not currently uh i don't blame them uh, i can't think of any companies that are like major coming out of there but that's where we started uh right. what wrestling did you watch this week I have watched a fair amount of New Japan. I watched the latest uh, AEW Dynamite uh, following their all-out pay-per-view and a smattering here and there of WWE stuff, basically just to to keep wise to whatever they're doing lately. Nice, nice, nice. I uh, watched uh, this week. I I got back into Impact. Um, Did two of Stardom's five-star Grand Prix shows and i watched wwe smackdown just because uh their storylines have been kind of interesting me lately so yeah let's talk about what we... uh what go Sorry? ahead oh yeah let's t- let's uh, uh, let... <laughs> we're you... great <laughs> yeah things going good good what going the they are yeah uh i'm not gonna edit this let's do it <laughs> <laughs> editing is hard uh Listeners appreciate one thing and that is raw uncut uncircumcised audio let's go yeah if we were gonna do more than you know multiple hours of things uh i would but i'm not so we're not gonna do that so let's start with aew dynamite how was it uh, it's the follow-up to their all-out show aew continues to in my opinion, um, used their time incredibly well, incredibly wisely. And I think that, um, like we had highlighted just right there, uh, Miro's debut and Tay, uh, Tay Conti's debut, they really just kind of helped kick off what feels like a new wave of momentum for AEW in terms of all of its storylines. Yes, definitely. Miro came out as uh, Kip Sabian's best man. Uh, he's got new Slim Shady hair. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, what What'd you think about What'd you think about his debut? I I watched it a few times because I really like Rusev now Miro. Mm. Um, it It really does take a certain level of talent and charisma to do a few things, which like what he did here, which is true to both himself and also. I didn't get it all at first, but lines up in terms of like his appearance and his energy, mm. like. If you watch that video and didn't really look into anything else, like he's wearing, he's basically wearing what looks like a shitty t-shirt in like sweatpants. Yeah. But I, apparently it's like a Gucci Disney t-shirt and just like Gucci pants and like designer shoes. His outfit costs like $2,000 and it legitimately look, looks like he just went to Savers and spent $10 maybe. 
That's why I'm putting this on Twitch, baby, just like Miro. <laughs> Gonna get, like that, gonna get that money, buy some clothes. Uh, I, <laughs> that's that's the road to mon- monetizing. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. That's the whole plan, uh, start to finish. I don't know what's gonna happen after that. Um, Keaton, oh, sorry, I looked down because Keaton is now in the chair next to me. Uh, I do this. I do this uh, standing from a standing desk, but I put the chair next to me so he'd have a place to go. Uh, yeah. yeah, I um, haven't. Um, I haven't caught up to Dynamite. I, you know, I was busy with the, the stardom is is uh, now in full swing again. Uh, yeah. But um, and I finished uh, the second season of Umbrella Academy, and Woo-hoo! I watched some Gilmore Girls. Um, I finished season three Gilmore Girls. Uh, it's been a good time finishing seasons over here in the Palapal House. They grapple with their emotions. They do, and they often draw. Uh, <laughs> 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 it is often not a win or a loss, uh, but a melancholy haha. I okay, draw can mean a lot of things, and I took it to mean just because it made me uh laugh that they just pull out some pieces of paper and just like, I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not a lot of physical drawing on Gilmore Girls. A lot of I meant that they wrestle with their emotions and it is not clear who won. <laughs> right. Um the coffee shop wins. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about I've I've Heard underwhelming things about Miro's uh, uh, initial uh, promo coming into AEW. I think AEW is very much run like New Japan and other smaller companies where they don't necessarily do a lot of uh, micromanaging as far as promos go. Mm-hmm. And it showed here. Uh, Miro was all fucking over the place, both with like what he was wearing, his body language, what he was saying. His promo was basically, hello, Kip. You are Kip. I am Miro. I am your best man. I'm good at video games. <laughs> it was all over the place. Um, but the thing is, if it, it, this is really where AEW does do better than WWE, in specific to like the comparison, because that's the last time we saw Miro. Mm. That really is who he is. Like he's just this weird amalgam of really like quirky, positive energy, and like broken English because it's a second language. So it that's him. Yeah. Like he very easily could have like 20 minutes before been like, I didn't write anything. So I'm just going to say whatever I want. Um, I'm also going to dye my hair blonde because, Oh my God, does that no, it, it doesn't look good. <laughs> he doesn't look like a wrestler right now. He looks like he's having the time of his life in his personal life. And that's great. Yeah. Totally. It does not make me want to watch him wrestle. And I don't think he's gonna until like, they figure out if he's going to fight Kip or if he's going to fight for Kip. I feel like we got a lot of, AEW's got a lot of three-person teams that, I mean, they're not going to do intergender wrestling, they've said, yeah. uh, except for like the one occasion that they did. Uh, but I think that they can probably have some like tag team matches with some people to warm them up and, you know, until he figures out what his uh, next, his first singles feud is going to be. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I think my thing is like, a lot of people come into AEW or really impact with like this, like I'm mad at WWE still kind of attitude. Uh, And hopefully he, you know, shakes off like his reacting against his history soon and then figures out what his present is. Right. And then uh, we'll see. It's a, it's interesting as a debut, but you know, you do kind of wish that they'd had like more forethought into presenting some wrestlers sometimes. Yeah. Um, it very much feels like 
uh, an idea thrown together last minute as far as how to get Miro shoehorned into what's going on in like QAW or excuse me, AEW storylines. Put him in QAW. Quarantine Action Wrestling. Twitch.tv forward slash Quarantine Action Wrestling. Um, Your contract can't be that exclusive. Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) Hey, if Ziggy Dice is going to debut in QAW soon, then fucking Miro can. But yeah. um, Yeah. So with Miro, yeah, he, in AEW in general, it just seems like they were like, all right, Kip Sabian's really getting married. We don't really know what we want to do with Miro. We don't really have, like, a logical analog for him to come in and immediately start feuding. So he'll just be like a heavy or a mouthpiece, which I love Miro. I don't want him to be the mouthpiece of anybody mm. immediately. Yeah. Because I don't know who he is in AEW yet. Like, and Kip, I actually do want to hear get better. And I don't want to hear probably Horn speak. She's not a good promo yet. Mm, yeah. I, uh, I like the idea of an exuberant muscle. You yeah. don't see that a guy who's just like happy to be there, but is also tough. That would be a very interesting way to go with it. He's the opposite of Wardlow. Wardlow right now is a soft-spoken muscle who's being slowly transitioned into a face opposite MJF. Yep. So Rusev being similar, but like you said, being more energetic, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we'll see what his future holds. Uh, The other news coming into AEW uh, was the signing of Tay Conti, who had actually debuted during their uh, tag, the women's tag um, tournament. Uh, yep. Where's my screen share? There we are. Um, yeah, it's very exciting to see her there. She never, she was in a, uh, NXT for a while. She showed a lot of promise, but never really got the spotlight. So I think being in this position to like uh, really show what she could do, not, well, maybe taking this choke slam, but I'm sure maybe she'll get some offense real soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sally is what? Oh, there we go. Triangle lock. There we go. She's yeah. got some jujitsu background, and then, you know, uh, yeah. she seemed like. She's very charismatic on uh, social media and never really did much in NXT. I feel like she, like, the, the Undisputed Era sent her out against somebody at some point as a distraction, and that was probably yeah. the biggest uh, spotlight she got there. Uh, she's very yeah. green, but I think that's a good, like, young person to sign. Uh, okay, well, that's probably the end of that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, and like, yeah. but honestly, as, as funny as it is to throw up a, a clip of somebody getting like crushed and losing as we're like, Oh, look at this. She is very green. Um, yep. I'll be honest. When, when I heard the announcement that she signed with AEW, I kind of shrugged because I thought if, if they had signed somebody like Ember Moon or mm-hmm. uh, a member like, or Sarah Rowe or uh, like one of the women who had just recently been released or was on the shelf and could immediately make more of an impact than, her, I, I would be more interested. Um, I like that she could potentially be the second female member of the Dark Order. Right. Because that's where they're going with her, and her and Anna Jay seem to be legitimate friends on social media. And she, she does well enough on Instagram, but um, I remember a lot of her NXT matches, and I was very underwhelmed because, mm. like you said, she's green. Mm. So there, there's potential there, but... AEW, we talked about this last week, is very much the land of uh, the not-ready-for-prime-time players. So yeah. she has all the opportunity in the world to really bust out and make a name for herself and a lasting impression, but she's still not there. Right. She, again, she you know, let her get squashed by Nyla Rose now and then send her to Dark for two months, and we'll see uh, how she improves, which yep. she probably will. And yeah. it'll be exciting to watch when she's, like, ready. Um, right. She's got a lot of natural charisma, so... 
and a good skill set. So, yeah, I think she in three to six months she could do what Big Swole did, which was yeah. like you said, uh, build momentum on dark or have like a feud that really underscores her strengths, and then build off of that. Sorry, uh, hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. That's a uh, that seems to be the best way for them to go. I don't. And I think that's a good use of dark, it's yeah. like a YouTube show with short matches that like builds up momentum, doesn't really have storylines, uh, lets wrestlers find themselves, hopefully emotionally as well as career wise. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very much the purpose of that show is the, the existential awakening of their talent. Yeah, of course, Every, we all want them to have good health. That's what uh, velocity used to be, but just at a high speed. Yeah, exactly. That's what main event still is. Uh, but under bright lights, um, <laughs> Billy Kidman was just like, I don't have to flip backwards anymore. I can flip forwards <laughs> into a better life. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. Anything else uh, from AW dynamite, like stick with you? Yeah. The fucking young bucks kicked Alex Marquez's head off and I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> I uh, fucking yeah. hate that guy. Yeah, he was terrible. Uh, and their first, they, I think they found a good place for him to be, which is backstage, uh, asking questions and then not saying much afterwards. Yeah, I, it it always stuns me. Always, always, always when people find a, not just like a spot but a career in broadcasting and they're fucking bad at it. <laughs> like this dude showed up for the very first um, handful of AEW shows and like. I got to imagine like Cody and the Bucks and Omega and, and like the talent when they were encouraged to like build the company and be very involved with that. It feels like like the cons maybe found this guy and thought he was a good idea. I have I never heard of this dude before AEW. I think he's like a, a like sports broadcaster for I don't know what sport, but like a real sport. Yeah, uh, and I think they just wanted that feel right. for their broadcast because they're you know all about treating it like a sport. Yeah, and uh, it did not work out because I don't think he was able to catch up uh, no. to the, the you know what wrestling announcing is so quickly. Not everybody is, and that's it's perfectly like not everyone has to be incredible. Not everyone's going to be Eugene Okerlund. and not everyone's going to be Corey Graves before Corey Graves loved Corey Graves so much. But he just he's perfect getting his head kicked off because it just makes me happy. I'm just like I I, I get that I'm supposed to hate the Bucks, but yeah. oh my God, was that overdue? Yeah, he's. Um, it's very fun to make fun of him because he was so bad at being an announcer, and now he's just a backstage interviewer. Right. Um, Hangman Page has legitimately the most pathos of any AEW character in, in the promotion, which that's the smartest thing they could have done with him after he didn't really catch fire against Jericho in the opening title feud. Yeah, which, to be fair, how could he? There was, like, no real shows to build him up mm. for a new audience. Well... So that's a that's a good question that begs a lot of discussion of just how much of AEW storylines long term can afford to coast off of being the elite, the video, the YouTube series, and their reputations from other companies versus doing the work in house. Because um, that's Omega's entire fucking story to date. Yeah, is I was good in Japan. The <laughs> Bucks' entire story to date has been we're the best tag team in the world everywhere else, just not here. Yeah. So. It, it you can go a few ways with it. One of it is that like just getting real impatient for them to pull the trigger with Omega and the Bucks just going on like killer win streaks. Mm. Um, if they are the elite, if they are the best in the world, but they're slow playing it so well with Paige because um, 
like I, I talked about this with friend of the show, Amancio Lopes, a while ago of just like, it's real problematic in 2020 to have a white guy Southern character named the hangman anywhere. Yes. Yeah. And, but it works for him just because it just means he, that's like the kind of cowboy he is. And based on his like self-defeating character right now, he's hanging himself. Yeah. Which, mm. um, that's, that's a dark way to look at it. But at the same time, like he constantly has booze near him whenever yeah. he cuts promos or is wrestling. Yeah, they've definitely um, uh, cut back on the hangman imagery. Like he used to bring a noose out a little bit in a, uh, in New Japan, and now he doesn't do that. And they've really just they've got to just let the nickname be a nickname. Yeah, with no real explanation. You can yeah. be it as you did, uh, or they just basically are like he's a cowboy guy. Yeah, he, he's he's good at cows. He yeah. does cowboy shit, and like he's been so good in ring for the the tag. Um, tag team that he's had with Omega and the limited singles things that he's done before he won the tag titles that cowboy shit can catch on in terms of just like that's something you can chalk up to him him just drinking Mm -hmm. and just generally being aloof so that now that we've seen him basically try to break away from the elite and them not not letting him and then being more or less forced into a team with Omega and then failing upward and then retconning that he wants to be in the team versus doesn't want to be because like that was the best part of um him and omega's tag title match against uh the bucks at the end was if he was going to turn or not hi uh jared here uh due to some technical difficulties we had to uh, improvise a commercial break uh but due to not having any sponsors i'm just going to have to list off some products that i think would be very cool um, cans made out of rubber. You you throw them and not spill things. Uh, flannel underwear. It might be edgy, but it's like a Mick Foley cosplay in your pants. Um, foam, just like foam. It's very soft and comforting. Uh, let's see. Done a movie where a salsa dancer is good at kung fu. Let's work on that. Thanks for understanding. We're back from commercials we don't have. Yeah! QAWmerch.com forward slash Presseldown. Yeah. <laughs> you you put that in your browser, and then you have seven days to live. And baby, <laughs> that's the only living that I want to do. Uh, you you got to share that stream with people that you want to pass the curse on to. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's the only way uh, to, for us to get viewers. Uh, yep. la- last week's DVD uh, random send out plan did not work out. As far as I know, um, so many wrestle down DVDs. It's so hard to get them back uh, once you've sent them out. Jared and I watched the ring very closely together, and this is the best plan we came up with to market our show. Yeah, it was sent them out randomly, and now it's a uh, curse. You, it's. I don't know how other uh, you know video uh, podcasts do it. Um, but we're going to get that Stamps.com uh, 
advertisement uh, if it's the last thing we do, which it probably will be, uh, given that we have several curses on our souls now. Yep. Um, so, intrepid tights and fights listeners who also listen to the Wrestle Town, uh, we're cursed. They're not. Yes, uh, it's unfortunate, but we probably deserve it more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we earned it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything you want to add about AEW before we move on? Just because we got interrupted. Yeah. Um, the Rhodes family continues to die at the altar of the Dark Order, which is pretty fucking fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that Brody Lee was going to be the guy who would beat Cody and keep the title, but um, he's put away Cody and Dustin now, and Mm -hmm. they ended uh, Dustin's bid for the title on Dynamite by also bringing out QT Marshall and having the Dark Order basically just kind of, like, tell Cocabana to go fuck himself while they celebrated for themselves. Um, Which is exactly, like, that's the type of mid-card stuff that... I miss seeing more of in other companies, um, mm. but I also think New Japan does well, that we'll get to, but um, it, it keeps you interested for things that aren't the world title, like Team Taz is fucking around with uh, Darby Allen now, um, there's just a lot of interesting things that aren't John Moxley and that aren't um, Hikaru Shida, like yep. they just they do the middle very well. Yes, they're yeah. I think they've got a good balance. Uh, they've kind of started to figure out their footing as a an overall show, which you like to see. Yeah, uh, yeah. So speaking of good balances, uh, I watched Impact this week. I feel like we. Wa- I feel like uh, where did I put that window? I want that window to be here. Okay. I feel like every week uh, one of us watches Impact and the other doesn't so far, which is fine. Uh, I don't feel a desperate need to watch it every week, but I think what they do is solid and like compelling. Enough. Yeah. Like Eric Young is now the champion, as we talked about last week, and he is uh, killing it as a violent threat towards, uh, well, I mean, Eddie Edwards' family, and also he had a match with Tommy Dreamer uh, this week. Yeah. I think, like, my a big bummer, let me, I will put that, wherever that put that, I'll find it. <laughs> wherever it put the first part of this show, it's on my computer. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Come on, random people we sent DVDs to. Why don't you know where it is? <laughs> you figure out the file system on my uh, don't on my computer. Uh, Edit our content. <laughs> don't go into the folder labeled porn because it's more curses. <laughs> um, oh, just Ron Jeremy cursing people left and right. Yeah, um, not him specifically, but the spirit of him in a way. Uh, not really. He's he's arrested currently. Uh, <laughs> um, we did it, Wrestle Down Faithful. We br- we brought in a potential rapist. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we had. So let me see if I can find a decent video here for. Yeah. Oh, I do not Jordan, want. Last week. Uh, yeah. So Impact Wrestling, they are doing a solid show. I kind of miss. Well, they they they've ended Wrestle House, their reality show within the show, which yep. is unfortunate. Yep. Um, but I think their women's division is still doing some great stuff. Um, like they've got uh, Jordan Grace out here, um, looking for uh, Tennille Dashwood. Um, let's see, Diana Perazzo is fighting. Uh, I can't even remember who she was fighting, but she showed up on the talk show segment. Ah, oh, fuck, it's. It's all very solid. I was I was excited to see Brian Myers versus uh, Willie Mack. Um, mm. Myers trying to like he, he's calling himself the most professional wrestler and is a fucking dick. He won with a low blow. 
All right. As you do. Yeah. It's kind of a weird bummer, though, because you get to see, like, they have a good roster of young people who haven't gotten a lot of opportunities in bigger companies. And then the main event is Eric Young versus Tommy Dreamer. And Young's killing it, like we said. But Dreamer is, uh, it's depressing to watch a lot of these ECW cast-offs still in there. He's very Tommy Dreamer in 2020. That's that's the most you can say about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I think every show should have a, a... I, you know, I put this in our group chat that I think that every show should have a max of one ECW guy. Uh, yeah. But then I remembered that Rhino is also on this show, so we can make it two for that one exception. Yeah, and I mean, it, I'm sure you're getting to it. RVD's on the show as well. Yes, but I, I think just just agreeing with the sentiment that professional wrestlers who aren't evergreen um, really shouldn't be altogether heavily featured just because of their former reputation. Like, Chris Jericho used to be in ECW, but he can yeah. go anywhere and do anything. But, yes. but not everyone's Jericho. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't associate him with ECW first thing. No. Is the thing. Maybe WCW, definitely WWE. Hey, you got, uh, what the figure? Macho it's Man? Macho Man. Hell yeah. I can't yeah. believe I guessed it from this distance. Ooh, yeah. It's like charisma coming through. Cream of the crop. Yeah, it's just, it's disappointing to see, like, you know, I mean, Tommy Dreamer's talked about having memory issues and shit, and it's yeah. uh, not fun watching him take trash can lids to the head and stuff. No, and but the thing is, that's what people know him for, and that's yep. what he feels like he can do in matches, so that's what he's going to do. And that's the type of thing that makes me not want to watch promotions like CZW and Deathmatch Wrestling in general, mm-hmm. where the talent may not necessarily be limited, but they choose to work a style that leans very heavily on real violence, and th- for me, the payoff is never worth it. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely um, do that. 90% of the time, yeah. I'm with you, and then there's like a 10% where I'm like, that was great. Like the Terry Funk match we talked about last week. Yeah, the Terry Funk match, or Randy Wharton basically being christened by Cactus Jack at their Backlash match after WrestleMania 20. Like, yeah. there are certain opportunities to leverage the violence of deathmatch wrestling, which is what ECW built its entire company off of, was hyperviolence and, like, misogyny and other toxic things. But there's a time and a place for it. It's just, it's sad when Dreamer still has to do it. Yeah, definitely. He should be, like, a producer full-time at this point. Yeah. And I forgot, uh, Dion Perrazzo and Kimberly were going to confront uh, Sue Young uh, and Kylie Ray. Sue Young, who was not... Mm being evil right now and i don't think kylie rain knows it but it's a relationship they a friendship that bloomed on russell house which i again i think they uh, the thing that they excel at is having these shows within the shows like madison rain's talk show is funny because she has open disdain for every guest she has uh <laughs> i don't know why she's doing it uh but it's fun but yeah uh, I mean, same anyway. reason why Alexa Bliss had her moment of bliss is just like sometimes you just have heel characters interview people and they're just dicks. Yep. And that's all you need. Everything else just kind of happens around them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Impact. All right. The other day I watched SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> whoops. I, let me put that away. Close some of these windows out. Yeah. SmackDown. Uh, I tuned in because I have been watching the results and they have enough shit going on that interests me. And you know what? Credit to WWE, solid show. They put on a really good show this week. Uh, the main event, the the big storyline, of course, is Roman Reigns being a heel. 
He is a yep. he's aligned with Paul Heyman now, and he is playing the role like oh, perfect. Like I yep. would tune in just for him, and I probably will for as long as it's compelling. Yeah, this is peak performance Roman Reigns. This is exactly what made him compelling in the Shield. Is yeah. that he was the heavy who said very little when he did speak. It felt like it was very important. He had a very specific meter and delivery that always bounced off well from Ambrose and Rollins, but now he has Paul Heyman, who is one of the best speakers in wrestling of all time. So he has his badass persona amplified by the physical difference between him and Heyman, and also the incredible reputation that does follow Paul Heyman from everywhere else he's been, but is so galvanized in WWE. Yeah. And then, so you have their two styles opposite Jey Uso. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jey Uso is doing a good job being a guy who, like, still believes that his cousin, like, cares about him. And Roman is the one who's like, don't, like, you know, your moment, you know, you getting this title shot, that's your moment. The title, uh, the pay-per-view, that's my moment. Like, him, I don't know, the way he said that, like, the title has to stay with him for their family was, like, bone-chillingly cold and, like, perfectly yeah. done. Also, Bray Wyatt has some new puppets. It looks like Paul Heyman. It's a walrus. It's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it's they're doing a, a great job. The mid cards are nice with Sami Zayn claiming to be, you know, it's an old storyline, but Sami Zayn's returned from uh, sabbatical, let's say, uh, you know, yeah. being his he's returned from being sane uh, to come back to the crazy world of wrestling, claiming that he hasn't never yeah. lost the title. He didn't. Yep, uh, um, that's true. That, but the like you just touched on three compelling things that are that feel fresh in SmackDown, even though. Um, this tr- their tropes yeah. is that there's a kernel of truth to what all the bad guys are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see Jey Uso as Universal Champion because no. There, there's no part of me as a fan that thinks that'll help turn around the ratings or the business of SmackDown is take the title off of Roman Reigns and put it on Jey Uso. Yeah. So Reigns is right. He's just being a dick about it. So mm-hmm. that makes him a compelling heel. You, you want to see him lose, but you don't want him to. Right. Um, with... Uh, oh God! With Bray Wyatt, he always spins like shit into gold because yeah. I don't I I get it, but I hate that like comparing Paul Heyman to a walrus is still a thing. Like yeah. he's just an old fat guy. Like no kidding. That yeah. his purpose is that he just talks. Like we don't need to see a fucking puppet making fun of him and comparing to a wall. Like does that really make it? more compelling to make Bray Wyatt fight him is that he's still an old fat guy. Like, well, it I don't, never mattered. I don't think, I think it's the way they framed it was that now he's got two authority figures running his shit at the Firefly Funhouse with the Vince puppet and the Paul Heyman puppet. It's funny. I think it's well done. Okay. I don't think, I don't think it's like a fat joke or anything like that is, or really, you know, it's just like an animal like any of others that like he has at his uh, little house there. That's fair. And and as I'm saying this, it's not to like say that this was Bray Wyatt's idea and it was bad. It just feels like upper-level management loves to remind people that they can make fun of their talent whenever they want for whatever True. reason. Yeah. Um, and with Zayn, it, it's a classic. Like, two Intercontinental titles harkens back to Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. It works. You have Jeff Hardy in there with Sami Zayn. 
which is funny at their point in their careers because Jeff Hardy's moveset feels more limited because of his age and his injuries, and Sami oh, yeah. Zayn's is limited because he's losing his mind. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we've we've debated about this a lot whether Sami Zayn like limits his moveset as a character choice, as a, just because injuries and age or whatever. He just doesn't want to risk his body anymore. But yeah. whatever. Um, I think he's doing a great job as a an obnoxious guy who accidentally shut off the broadcast at one point with quotation marks uh, right. because he was in the truck smashing buttons because he was very mad at yeah. not being the, the official champion. Yeah. And he also, like the artist collective that was weird and kind of thrown together, doesn't have to come back together. Like Cesaro and um, Nakamura are the tag champs, but they don't have to come back together with Zane, but all three are champs and they can exist separately. Yep. They so far haven't, uh, there's not a solid connection there, but you're right. They should be, but it's not happening, which is fine. Uh, Cesaro and uh, Nakamura are going to face the Raw Tag Champions on Raw, which is kind of exciting. We can get that plus, or them plus uh, versus, um, what are they called? Uh, help me out here. I can't remember. Montez Ford and uh, Angela Dawkins. What are they, what are they called? Street Profits. Street Profits. There we go. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. My brain is uh, not good. <laughs> That's right. I mean, if, you, you mean you can't remember the names of tag teams in the WWE? Why is that? I don't know. They're, okay, they deserve to be remembered uh, both for a talent because they've been around a while. That was just, yeah. you know, my brain farting. Uh, yeah, the other thing that got me to tune in was, uh, well, Bailey Sasha. Their feud is continuing. Uh, Bailey destroyed Sasha. Uh, then Bailey had a kind of generic, like, yeah. heel response, like, oh, I, was, I, I beat you up before you could turn on me, kind of thing. But she did it very well. She did yeah. a good job delivering it. Uh, do I think that it's too early to bring Sasha Banks back from having a chair wrapped around her neck and you know, having it stomped on? Yeah. But you know what? The you got to keep the ratings up, and there is not much you can do during the pandemic. So bring it on. I would have held her off until the Royal Rumble or something like that. Right. I mean, it, it, it had come up in interviews before, and the, be, leading up to and then after Sasha Banks was the Raw Women's Champion and um, Cole as the Tag Team Champions, of just like, why the hell do you guys have all the titles? And it had been said by certain writers and then by the talents indirectly themselves, just like, literally no one else is stepping up. It's mm. been us, Asuka, and Becky. Becky just retired, mm. basically. And everybody else doesn't seem to have the confidence to really want to like jump off the page and find themselves. So it's us because it's us. Like Yeah, they're the most established people around. Charlotte is uh MIA for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a break. I think she had some kind of surgery or something like that, you know. Yeah. Resting up. She deserves it. Uh right. yeah, so they've they're kind of thin on people who could be like the ta- the they had a four way to, to to determine the um Number one contender was uh, Tamina, Lacey Evans, uh, Nikki Cross, and Alexa Bliss, which yeah. is effectively all of your options. Um, I guess like Carmella has not been on TV for forever for no reason that we I know just, of. Uh, and that and this harkens back to like the Heyman choice being frustrating. Just like we're not even three weeks removed from Na- give Naomi a chance. Hashtag yeah, like, that's true. Oh fuck, I forgot, I forgot about her because they forgot about her. It, it, but it's not that they forgot, man. It's that they're fucking racist. <laughs> it's like, if we're gonna call a spade a spade, they don't like black people. Yeah. They, they fucking, they see Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, who basically have co-opted what feels like a lot of mannerisms of black culture, and they don't see it. Yeah. So they, they have it in the show indirectly. But then they fucking bury 
like Carmella, like you said, but also Naomi more specifically because they fucking don't like black people. Yeah. Um, Why? I don't. Tamina. Well, it's easier to have for to have her to take a loss than somebody who's like established and going to do something. So yeah. I also. I listen. They've got a, definitely a, a history of race problems, but this is like the moment where there are the most black people in prominent spots in WWE right now. So, I mean, you can't say that and have uh, Sasha and Bailey and Oscar all having been the only women's champions for like a summer. Um, you know, it's I don't know necessarily if it's a specifically black thing this time. I hate to say um, it. You're right. I don't think there's enough evidence to solidly say like they, they're not specifically using Naomi in this point in time because they're um they they hate black people specifically, but they're also really fucking tone deaf. Lacey yeah. Evans isn't over. Yeah. Uh, she she works really hard. She seems like a genuinely nice person. The Lacey Evans experiment, like I, it's a shame that they don't have an AEW dark analog where right. she could just go and like not start over. She doesn't need to start over, no, but right. um, just like have some entertaining small potatoes feuds with like Carmella or someone or Nikki Cross or just someone who's not doing much on SmackDown, yeah. so that they could do kind of like what Bailey and Sarah Logan were doing last year on yeah. like main event, where they were just having solid matches, but they didn't have anything creative. Yeah, I wish that they had uh, something for her. Like I will say, Nikki. The choices were the four people in the the um, the four women in the four way match makes sense. They're all previous people who contended against Bailey, and I feel like given whoever is in this match is just gonna exist to like be a body before yeah. Sasha Banks and Bailey collide in some way that yeah. cost Bailey the title or attempts to cost Bailey the title, whatever. Uh, yeah. So I don't necessarily mind that they kind of just like went with some boring choices um yeah. also they've managed to fit in the other thing that i'm interested in is that alexa bliss is currently uh possessed by bray wyatt in some weird way which Hell is yeah. super interesting and i don't know where that's going other than probably nick cross alexa bliss women's title match down the line yeah i mean yeah alexa bliss bailey or alexa Alexa Bliss, Sasha. Alexa Bliss is just she's getting back into the title feud division of um, the women's roster, which is great because on the mic she's the best. Yeah. Um, ba- I love Bailey. She's my favorite of the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. She can't cut a promo like you said. What she had said was very generic heel because that's her speed. Yeah. Um, Sasha has a very specific voice. Becky did. Charlotte does. Right. Bailey still doesn't. And it, it's perfectly fine because she's such a good wrestler and she does such good character work with all of her physical mannerisms. Yeah. Um, Alexa can do everything Bailey can't on the mic. Um, she may not be able to work as well, and she has a history of injuries, so I don't, want, I don't necessarily want to see her like have a high work rate. But um, I like what they do with her. I would have never guessed with everything that they did with The Fiend and Braun Strowman that they were leading to a Roman Reigns heel turn, mm-hmm. which is fascinating and basically feels like it's leading to the fiend and alexa are going to be faces when their characters are really still heels yeah but in the environments that they're in it works yeah it makes sense um yeah that's a good point i think alexa's a heel but and is meant to be seen as such yeah uh, bray not really because like it's a, 
it's only because he's incidentally against Roman Reigns, who's a guy who will let his cousin get beat up for a tag match and then come in at the last second to score the win and take the credit, which yep. was also very well done. So yep. SmackDown, big thumbs up from me. I'm going to keep watching uh, until they do something that makes me sad. I'm not, because they still feature Matt Riddle, so fuck They off, didn't this SmackDown. week. Um, they, they brought him up again. Uh, they basically, like, they gave you, did you to... watch SmackDown? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I watched the highlights of it. So, um, like they brought up with AJ Styles fighting Jeff Hardy that like someone was given credit to Styles for beating a match with, or beating Matt Riddle in the match to qualify for it. So like Matt Riddle's still in the fucking conversation. He's still there, but he wasn't on this week. And I mean, he's not being pushed. He's taking losses. So, you know, Good. and I personally, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm gonna not cover the guy when he's on, yep. if he's on. But like, I mean, if you're gonna cut out people who are terrible people in wrestling, uh, we're about to talk about the G1 climax, and Will Ospreay's in it, and I think we're both still gonna watch it. Oh, I'm still gonna watch the G1. I'm just not gonna say anything nice about Osprey. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so that was SmackDown. I think it was a solid yep. show. I cannot. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that WWE is doing things that are interesting to me again because uh, I do like their talent. The ones that I like, anyway. The ones I like, I like a lot. Uh, okay. So, yeah. The next thing uh, on the list, I watched uh, the next, the, uh, the previous two uh, Stardom uh, five-star Grand Prix shows that they have condensed uh, because of their canceled shows. They don't have any more filler tags. It's just all block action. And, uh, yeah, I like, figured we'd take this time to talk about round-robin tournaments because they fucking rule. Woo. Yeah. Uh, so, round-robin tournaments, one where they got two groups of wrestlers and they all fight each or they all fight within the group and the person with the most wins in each group make the finals this is not going to work if we cut the audio out which is why i wanted to do video uh so you can see me make the triangle <laughs> <laughs> the triangle around robin tournaments uh excitement worth it yeah exactly uh that's worth all the trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see if i can uh Pull this up for a second. Hopefully, Stardom doesn't sue me or nothing. Gonna get you over here. Yeah. Well, Jared does that. The triangle of the wrestle zone is Jared Palapal at Swing Dingling, Dennis Bruno at Sensei Denny B on Twitter, and Keaton Keaton Fuzzy. Yeah, Keaton Fuzzy is uh, it's like the father son Holy Ghost. Keaton's not a ghost, um, but I am a daddy. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> And letter to the Corinthians. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Stardom's doing a great job with. Here's the thing that's like interesting to me because like just because of what the fucking pandemic's done to wrestling, like Stardom's doing an A plus job featuring their like future talents in their tournament. Yep. Um, this is this uh, match is headlined by Utami uh, Hayashishita and uh, Azumi, who is 17 years old and has. I think headlined the previous two fucking match uh the previous two shows and yep. yeah she's she's killing it uh not in this yep. moment I can't seem to pick up these moments uh where the people I I like are doing good uh they're mostly getting stomped on <laughs> which <laughs> is fine But honestly the like every Every wrestler, with the exception of very, very few, start up by getting their asses kicked, and that's how oh, yeah. you see them. And then they get better over time because you watch them literally get like pounded into diamonds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's why I like watching uh, Suji wrestle as a young lion in New Japan. I'm just like, this dude's gonna be big fucking business. If oh yeah, they, you know, if they treat him right. Yeah, he's he's 
Definitely a guy. Out of the young Lions uh, that they currently have, I think he's the one that uh, is the one to keep an eye out for. Uh, the, the previous class have mostly been on has gone on excursion at this point. Uh, Him and Uemura, because Uemura loves running full speed at, at uh, Suzuki, and it's so good whenever it happens, because it's just like, oh, buddy, you're going to get killed. <laughs> is he still around? I thought he was on excursion, or is he... No, no, he's still around. Okay, I haven't been keeping up with New Japan. Um, mm. Yeah, it's... It's fun because, like, I think for me, some of the charm of a round robin tournament is that, like, there's a bit of a meta game involved, uh, where every show you see some people win, some people lose, and you kind of get to, to see who they value in that company and what stories that they're trying to tell within those blocks uh, right. before they come to the finals and decide who's going to face the champion or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, round robins in general are are great. I think that uh, I don't have as much exposure or experience watching Stardom, but from mm-hmm. New Japan, what I think I, I enjoy the most about them is that it gives you unusual matchups at high speed. Yep. Um, like, I don't know how often I'm ever going to get to see Kazuchika Okada fight Shingo Takagi with no build-up, but right. that's one of those matches that it feels like the WWE or other companies would put together as like a one-off in a pay-per-view, but they use that in the tournament mm-hmm. as character building progression points where it, it it's always important for them to win. It just may be important for Shingo to win to be a spoiler or Okada to win to have a tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, I think in the case of New Japan's G1 specifically, like the fact that it's a 30-minute time limit means that the matches are much faster paced than I mean, those Naito main events that we've had, we've been complaining about them because they're long and kind of slow because they yeah. seem to feel the need to fill 40 minutes, 45 minutes yeah. or whatever. Uh, but in the G1, it's in and out for half an hour. So they're able to go full speed, uh, keep under the cardio, and just, you know, on average, the match is probably like 15 minutes other than the main events, which are probably 25-ish. Yeah. And that definitely helps with the pacing and making for some of the best matches of the year. Yeah. And I mean, I, in New Japan specifically, they don't really do squash matches. So when like quick wins happen in the G1, it, it feels so more, so much more important. Um, mm-hmm. Toriyano, whenever he's in the tournaments, his average match time is always between like eight to twelve minutes. Yeah, it's um, mostly goofing about and throwing turnbuckles. But when he wins, it's sometimes against people like John Moxley when he mm-hmm. plays spoiler, or Jay White when he like furthered the storyline that Jay White was not going to make the finals of the G One. Like, there's the 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 time limit point is excellent, just because it adds so much more of a sense of urgency to what's already a very important tournament because the winner gets to main event Wrestle Kingdom. Hell yeah, um, yeah. So we both love these tournaments. I am eagerly watching the stardom one i have spreadsheets all open and shit to keep track of the scoring uh last year they did not do a good job of that but this year they have graphics on screen but uh i still like to keep track of uh, how many predictions i've gotten right uh so far i'm like uh 10 for 14 for the the red block and like 5 for 14 for the the blue block it's weird we'll see blue block best block yes they are fucking throwing me befuddlement and i love it and i will keep watching they've got three shows this weekend we'll see how if i can keep up uh next week when we record uh yeah so they so new japan's g1 climax has not uh started yet but they just officially announced he was entering uh we tried to do predictions a couple weeks ago um but 
and we got them all right, 100%, except Woo! we thought that the field would be smaller because of the pandemic. Turns out Japan's just handling shit better than the U.S. Dodo, uh, we're <laughs> so... In hindsight, <laughs> the official White House sound effect to the pandemic is like, "How are we doing?" Uh, we're, there's just a lot of people yeah. sick. Dodo, yeah, dodo, indeed. That's the national <laughs> anthem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we guessed everybody, but we thought that the field would be 16 wrestlers when it's the normal 20 that they've had for a few years now. Uh, so we got everyone right, but nice. then there are more people in that we. Did not expect. Uh, I think we brought up everyone who was in, at least, yeah. even if they didn't make the official list, which I can't bring up on my screen right now. Uh, but mm. uh, yeah, we got we got uh, Ibushi. Uh, we got Jeff Cobb. Oh, we did not get Jeff Cobb. We did got Okada, Ishi, Osprey, Shingo. Um, what's his name? Uh, Suzuki, Taichi. Did I get Taichi in there? Yeah, we did. Jay White, and I. I think you brought up. Um, uh, Yujiro Takahashi I did not and he made it in uh, I am not amped for it but hey good for him he might be the they, only they need... go ahead I was going to say they need bodies that's it yeah. um, They. what's surprising to me in just like the context of having certain people instead of other people um, which it. I'm sorry that's kind of a lame duck statement but like the intentional use to have the Tokyo Pimp, mm. and here we go. Ba 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 ba, ba da ba da ba. Um, yeah. So that the that's the there tournament block. And sweet. Um, so what you got is like in specifically for the Tokyo Pimp, you got him instead of Kojima. Mm. And I actually, what I really enjoy about Kevin Kelly and about New Japan specifically is that they try to get tie together question marks like that, where yeah. they said like Kojima has said. He said years ago that like he's retiring from G1 competition, so there's a reason oh, right. why him, Tenzan, Nagata aren't in it in favor of Tokyo Pep. Right. But also, you need people in both blocks to take losses. Yep. Um is not in here, and that's kind of been his role the last few years. Um, and also, as well as Japan is handling the pandemic, um, I'm sure that there are some people who either don't want to travel or don't feel comfortable traveling, or it would be too much difficult. It would be too difficult to bring them in, like God or Fale or like basically most of Bullet Club. Yeah, I, I mean they have. Go ahead. They have the like the big singles guys from Bullet Club right now. You got Jay White, yeah. Kenta, and uh, um, Evil. So they've got the the big ones that you would expect. You're right. They could use some of those like smaller, you know, the surprise ones, uh, your um, Tamatangas or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they got the big ones you'd expect, but Kento was just in the the New Japan U.S. tournament, so mm -hmm. he was just here. Um, but for whatever reason, it's not too difficult to bring him in. Um, Yujiro's already in Japan, so is Evil. Jay White, I uh, from what you he, and I had said last week, he was in America. Yep, he was in the the. The U.S. shows with Kenta. I don't think, like, not, like, with him fighting him, but, like, same shows. Yeah. So, like, yeah, so, him, Juice, uh, Osprey, they're not having any trouble bringing people in, as far as I can yeah. tell. Um, Cobb also. So that's, like, five guys who are, uh, you know, not... Uh, Native to Japan. Yeah, who weren't in Japan previously. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's definitely it's intentional. Is is the point of um, yeah. I'm underlining of just like they have the they ha- they seem to have the access and the resources to bring in. I was hoping Moxley was going to be in again, but obviously it seems like that's too difficult with him um, being the AEW champion. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. And and hopefully they sew up that uh, that hole at the moment with the U.S. title where he just drops it to Kenta or whoever. Yeah, I mean, I I know. He said in interviews that his intention is to do something with them, but I don't even know how you would do that or how long you would have to wait. Um, yeah. It would suck if both of his U.S. title reigns ended due to uh, effectively natural disasters. So yeah. I think that's why they're like holding out hope that they can do something eventually. Yeah. Um, off the top of your head, looking at the A block, looking at the B block, who do you think takes A block? I feel like Takagi... The, the final might be uh, Takagi versus, like, Evil or something like that. And Evil might win it. Nice. Yeah. yeah so I, could all see, I, I could all see Okada coming out on top and, like, challenging Naito as an inner reversal yeah. of last year's show. I don't know. Yeah, in, in terms of, like, big dick Gato booking, <laughs> which, like, God, I love Gato, but... Um, it definitely feels like the most likely people to come out on top, like if you have a top four, is um, from A block, Okada and Takagi, and then from B block, um, Naito himself and mm. Evil. Yeah. Um, I think they told the story they want to tell with Kenta. Um, Sonata is happy to just be a middle of the road pirate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to shit on him until he does something that shows me that he wants to fucking be a main eventer. <laughs> Um, I would love Zack Sabre to just kind of bust out here and finally like leverage all of the momentum he's established in every previous tournament and be like, no, I am a fucking buzzsaw. I did win the New Japan Cup a few years ago. I almost yep. beat Okada. I'm here now. Um, but yeah, everybody else is just they're they're in different points in their characters. Like Yano just won King of Pro Wrestling, which like. He's he he never gets close to like the money in terms of winning on points, and he doesn't need to be the world type world champion. So, yeah. um, I I like the I really like the idea of evil winning because they need another guy on top. They invest a lot of time and effort into Jay White, and I think he'll get there. He's just not there yet. Hmm. And the pandemic absolutely fucked with his momentum. So oh, evil totally. evil's your guy. Yeah, I could also see Ibushi winning, and then. It- to having it be Ibushi versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, mm. Like, they they said they wouldn't do that match again, but they've definitely been protecting that matchup uh, a lot lately. And sometimes yeah. you can tell who's going to win by who hasn't faced uh, the other person in any uh, context uh, for, like, a year or so. And that's yeah. the one that I can think of right now. Yeah. Not counting, I, like, uh, a, a low-card guy versus the champion or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I I could imagine an, an Ibushi versus Tanahashi of just like the two of their their mutual respect tag team falling apart in, in, for the sake of Wrestle Kingdom and because their honorable faces being like it's okay, you know, I wish you well, person. For sure. Um, I love Ibushi, but he his character flaws just could not have been clear after he won the G one last year of just like True. he's just Kota Ibushi. Like, yep. Like, if you're sold on that, and I am, it's great. But if you're like most professional wrestling fans and you just want more dimension to your character, it's very easy to just not be on his bandwagon. Yeah, he's definitely, he's kind of um, like a better Sonata in a way. Yeah, very much so. Um, 
That's why I love your call out for Takagi. Like, I, it, like, there's a, a fucking U.S. wrestling fan voice in my head that's just like, if only he was four inches taller. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter though. Naito is roughly the same size but less muscular. Right. So New Japan absolutely knows how to leverage, regardless of the size of their wrestler, like their strengths to the nth degree. I would, oh, I'd, I'd go nuts for Shingo. Yeah, I would. Yeah, Shingo. Even if like. Just Shingo making the finals would be great. And then, like, yep. that would be, like, B-plus. Then, like, A-minus would be, like, Shingo versus Naito as the finals. And then, yes. like, A-plus would be Shingo going over and then them having a rematch uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think they've ever done that or would do that uh, because yep. they would be giving away a, a big money match for their biggest event. But yep. it would be, like, great. I would love that. I mean, it's quarantine. I yeah. never in a million years would have guessed, I mean, global pandemic, but I also never would have guessed in the context of one, Evil is the second guy ever to be a double champion. So yeah. we're, we're at a point in time where Gato is wisely recognizing, like, this is the time to really make impactful booking moves. So we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the G1. Uh, we'll probably not say much about Osprey. I hope he doesn't win. I think there's still a good chance that he might solid more so he's middle of the road i think would say yeah uh whether he wins or not but yeah i i haven't even I, looked I at the schedule he, is the thing too yeah yeah i i hope that he basically is in like the middle of the pack with like Cobb and ishii ishii i love right now because he's just kind of like butting off a feud with show in chaos so um whatever they choose to do with ishii i'm always in favor of and yeah. Taichi is going to be fighting Daddy Suzuki. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. maybe that's the beginning of Taichi Gun as a group that breaks Fuck away. Yeah. yeah. Suzuki doesn't need to. Suzuki Suzuki, no matter what he does and where, or where he goes. Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I haven't looked at the schedule, which is also a way to, like, be like, what's going to be the important matchup at the end of the tournament? Um, so we'll see. Like, usually you got, you, like, the top guys against the top guys for that, but uh, I haven't looked. Yeah. on uh, Yeah, on day one and last day, that usually is your, your indicator, but if you, if this is for any fans of the WrestleDown, if you try to guess it ahead of time um, and get upset that you don't predict everything right, your face is going to look like Yano or it's going to look like Yoshihashi. Yeah, tag uh, yourself and show us. <laughs> <laughs> Tag yourself uh, if who you are in the New Japan uh, uh, G1 Climax. Uh, send it mm. to us at, on Twitter, and we'll retweet you and give you nothing in return because uh, we have nothing to give right now. Yeah. Other than maybe I free mean, DVDs yeah, I, of, the, of the Wrestle Down. Yeah, and I mean, on the outside, I feel like Juice, and on the inside, I feel like Evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always Sonata. In and out. <laughs> Very pretty. <laughs> High collar and everything. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, that has... Uh, I think I am ready to uh, call it a show, man. That was a good way to run down the week. Uh, anything you want to add? Um, definitely. So uh, just something that's like near and dear to the heart are professional wrestlers who are very... Honest and upfront with uh, mental health challenges. And one of the people who's been doing that um, deftly and well, um, and he's on a much smaller 
uh, like public stage because he has a lower follower count and everything else is Jervis Cottonbelly. Oh, so, yes. Um, Jervis is now hanging on on my phone. Nice. Uh, his stickers are very reasonably priced. He has his own uh, merchandise shop. So uh, absolutely want to recommend anybody just on YouTube or in any way that you can find the content. Check out Jervis Cottonbelly. And the, the gentlest man. Yeah, he gentlemania is running wild. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, yeah, keep an eye out. He's got a great match with Orange Cassidy that's, I'm pretty sure, free on YouTube. Uh, I think a lot of the companies that he's, he usually would work with have like you know been on hold or whatever. So, yeah, support that dude. He, he seems like a very yep. sweet man. Genuinely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so this has been The Wrestle Down. I'm Jared Palapal, Twitter.com Swing Dangling. I am Dennis Bruno, a.k.a. Mike Mann. Check out Quarantine Action Wrestling streaming live on Thursdays at 8 o'clock on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash quarantine action wrestling. Catch the fever. Hell yeah, that's so many letters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> UAW. Yeah, um, yeah, so this has been The Wrestle Down. Thank you for listening up to The Wrestle Down. Goodbye. Wow. Where is stop streaming? Hi. Uh, Jared here. Uh, due to some technical difficulties, we had to uh, improvise a commercial break. Uh, but due to not having any sponsors, I'm just going to have to list off some products that I think would be very cool. Um, cans made out of rubber. You, you throw them and not spill things. Uh, flannel underwear. It might be edgy, but it's like a McFoley cosplay in your pants. Um, foam. Just like foam. It's very soft and comforting. Uh, let's see. Has anyone done a movie where a salsa dancer... Is good at kung fu. Let's work on that. Thanks for understanding. Goodbye. Wrestle down.